Miller Lite, the official beer partner of your Philadelphia Phillies, is proud to serve as presenting sponsor of WIP's High Hopes Pod. So whether you're listening to the game, catching up on the latest High Hopes Pod, or at the ballpark, remember it tastes like Miller time, Phillies fans. Celebrate responsibly. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is the High Hopes Podcast. I hope. It's a bunch of baseball nerds, well, without the computers, talking about the Philadelphia Phillies on Radio.com and Sports Radio 94 WIP. Yo, it is another edition of the High Hopes Podcast. Jack, it's Vinny Velasquez Day! Yay! Yay! Everything's fine. It's all we waited for all offseason. <laughs> yes. The day has finally arrived. Vincent Velasquez is pitching tonight. Coming up later, we'll dive into this NAD series, but we have to look back, Jack. Let's uh, look back, Jack. How about that? Yeah. A little rhyme there. Look back, Jack. I didn't even think about it wow. when I did it. It just happened. Have you been reading too many uh, lullabies to Zoe? <laughs> a little, and little, you're starting to get a little, little... too much Dr. Seuss in my life. You think you're a poet now? I like it. All right. Wow. Let's look back to the weekend. Uh, 10-4 victory on Friday, a 6-2 loss on Saturday. Sadly, we were in person for that one. Don't really remember the <laughs> I don't either. six through nine. Jack and I made the mistake of drinking a beer that was 15% alcohol before the game. Didn't work out great for either of us. No, not at all. I uh, felt like, you know what? I don't, I, I don't, like, Jill driving is never a good scenario, <laughs> but she had to drive home from Philly. And, like, usually I'm like, I'm never letting you drive. Yeah. But, like, I was like, you need. You have to Or drive. else we're stranded here until 8 at night. Until <laughs> at least 8 at night. So, um... Frustrating game Saturday, I think. Like, I think, I think it was a frustrating game. It was. I, dude, I don't even think we watched the last four innings. I think we're just arguing about Jerry Garcia and John, John Mayer. Which I'm still right about. I mean, everyone disagrees with you, but it's okay. Nobody um, disagrees. It was way more. Anyway. Let's move on to. Yes. A, let's talk baseball. People actually want to listen to because no one wants to hear us argue about Jerry Garcia and John Mayer. All right. Let's uh, let's go to Friday and then we'll get to. We have rewatched Saturday. I know. I do know yeah. what happened now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's start with Friday. All I remember is that Saturday felt like it went by fast it went quick like all quick of a sudden game. all of a sudden it was like oh we're leaving now no and now i'm just wrecked for sunday because yeah. i'm so hungover so that was great <laughs> don't turn 37 kids yeah all right wow. uh, all right wow you're nelson cruz so you're I'm, older I'm, than rocco baldelli i am i'm younger than cruz though cruz 38 almost 39 oh okay so there's like one baseball player <laughs> right. left who i'm speaking of great. rocco baldelli i think about that all the time though i always do the i can call them kids because they're actually kids yeah. to me. So. Sad. Yeah. But Franco uh, Baldelli, talk about like not feeling good about your manager. I thought he made some egregious decisions <laughs> yeah, he this wasn't weekend. Very good this he weekend. kept pitching lefties to Reese, and Reese was like, okay. Cool. I'll take that one. Thanks, Thank buddy. You. Thank you very much. Reese, back. We'll get to that. All yes, right. So yes, let's start Friday. With Friday. Um, first and foremost, Pavetta got the win. Yeah, Pavetta was all that <laughs> Us people who have Nick Pavetta on their fantasy team know that he got that win. I can't maybe. believe you play in a wins league. That's so sad. Well, I mean, wins it's, are gross. It's I, I agree with you. I've all, long been a hater of wins, but there isn't a real good. I mean, quality starts isn't much better. Quality, yeah. well, six innings, three runs, like wow, great. Yeah. It's not much better. There's no real good stat for that. I'm with you. So we just go with the classic wins. But I, I've You're railed against it. I'm old school when it comes to fantasy baseball. What can I say? <laughs> all right. Pavetta, yes. not his best outing, gritted through five innings, obviously getting a five spot in the first inning to back helps. up helps. What'd you think? All right, uh, the state of Pavetta. Let's the let's state of Pavetta. Let's get let's get. I feel like we need some like presidential music in the background or something. Yeah. Um. So I thought Pavetta 
I think last year's Pivetta allows like six six or seven runs there. I, okay, so there's a positive take here. I like this. I don't think he. I don't. I really don't think he pitched that bad. Like, obviously, I mean, first it was freaking 35 degrees and, and raining, raining and gross out. It was agree. horrible out. Like, I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt there a little bit because, as a guy who got rocked in that weather his freshman <laughs> year, um, <laughs> I just see that level of sympathy for the guy. I thought it got. I thought it got into a decent rhythm. Um, heading into the fifth inning, mm-hmm. um, the fifth inning is when the error happened that allowed the fourth run to come home, and and that wasn't great. Uh, just made some. He was missing. He's just he's been missing with this fastball all season long, and I just feel like he hasn't gotten to the point where he's actually unleashing all this stuff. I thought I thought in the third inning of, of Friday night's game, I thought he started to find some rhythm with his curveball and, and, and whatnot. It's just that the location looks like it's off. It looks like it looks like he's aiming rather than throwing. And those just aren't good aren't good recipes for being a, a successful pitcher. It, he looks so much different than how he looked in spring training. He doesn't look as confident. Um, and I I wonder if the pressure of him being the breakout guy and and being the guy who's going to lead this or help lead this staff has been a little bit too much for him. Um, I didn't think he pitched great. I don't think he pitched nearly as bad as people made it out to be some some places. Um, but. I, I hope it was weather related and what a lot of people don't understand. So the, the one thing that is something to definitely monitor, I think, from that game was that in the third or maybe fourth or fifth inning, he started for like 93 miles an hour and 92 miles an hour. And sometimes when your cleats get all clogged up, it's harder to get a grip and it's harder to just finish. And you feel like you're slipping on the mound and you can't really fully finish your pitches. But if he's doing that on a perfect day and his arms, if it's down to 93, like that's, that's definitely something to be concerned about. Um, but it wasn't a brutal Pavetta day. It was not a great Pavetta day. And, uh, I, I was encouraged by the last couple innings. Um, I think it's a big start for him on Wednesday against Hellickson. And we'll get to the preview. Oh, the series was coming up. Hellickson, yeah, I mean. that's what I, yeah, look, <laughs> like, and to the point where, and look, we talk about this a lot in the, and it's hard because a lot of people haven't been into Phillies baseball for a while, and now there are a lot of people into Phillies baseball again. And which people, is great. People want to react right <laughs> which away. Is great. It's not football. You it's not give football. Give it a chance. And, and I, I think I think what some people misconstrue, like Breakout Pavetta, doesn't mean he's going to turn into like a two five like superstar. Like that was never. We got a little facetious with it with like Ace and whatnot. That was more in fun, having fun in jest. But like. Uh, like the the a breakout can be a three two ERA and still have his like because he's not a finished product like he's just not um so I think some people took breakout of that as like this guy's gonna be Aaron Nola level ish um and I he's just he's not there yet and I'm I'm very frustrated in the lack of the third pitch I I'm, which which is what you call I mean that was. We joke about it and stuff, but that was always your reason for the breakout. Yes. You're, you're, you always said, if to, if Pavetta can develop that third pitch, he will break out. Yes. So he does need that third pitch to break out. And I just I just don't know what he did all offseason. <laughs> like, <laughs> what were you doing, buddy? Like, Zach Eflin came back with two different sliders or a foreign curveball and better feel for a changeup. And Pavetta looks kind of the same. And I, I, just, I just don't know. I don't totally know what he did. I don't know what he did this offseason. I think he's throwing a little bit harder, which is good. But um, what was interesting is on the broadcast, they're talking about how uh, in the first start he didn't have his legs underneath him, and he felt like he was just a little tired. And I wonder if he's going through a little dead arm period, could, could which, be. which could be going, which could be happening. Because um, especially know, after the good spring, you know, look good there. That could be probably You hard. see that a lot. You see that a lot with pitchers where they'll have a dead ball period early in the season after spring training where they're getting their arm right and all that. So, yeah. So I mean, look, um, Chris Sale's going through it right now. Well, Chris Sale might, I, be, might be more of a worry. Can I but. just can I just say something? Uh oh, we got a Chris Sale take coming here. That 
contract is going to be horrible. It's going to age real bad. Horrible. That guy's got maybe a year left of being wow. in a good of pitcher. Of being an ace type like, guy. He is just, he's just done. He's throwing 89 now. I know. It's bad. It's not good. He's going to be the new Chris Davis. Wow. I'm just kidding. Won't Chris be Davis, 0 for his last 44. How hard is that to do? You would think by luck the ball would drop in. Oh, no, wait. You strike out every time. It doesn't happen. Yeah, he 0 for 44. He's about to break the record. The record is 0 for 46. Was that guy making $25 million a year? <laughs> no. no. Not no. even close? Oh, that's the worst contract ever. Maybe. It's, it's for a team as small as the Orioles to have to be paying basically like they're paying what Ryan Howard would look like right now. Yep. <laughs> like and and Davis is worse. Like Howard was bad. Davis is worse than well, Howard. No, that's ever what I was. mean. Like Ryan Howard's swing in the gender reveal was probably better than Chris, <laughs> than Chris Davis right now. So it was. Like uh, by the way, congrats to Ryan. Shout out. A uh, pretty good gender reveal. Even though I I really dislike every single gender reveal party. I hate them. <laughs> you I didn't have one, them. did you? No, of course not. You, Absolutely not. You were not. a man and said, I'm not going to do this? Of course not. Well, we waited to find out anyway, but we would have never, ever done that. Ever. <laughs> it's not my thing. I'm sorry to anyone who's done it. No no shade. I might, it's not my thing. I might have a baseball filled with whatever and throw it somewhere. That might be my gender reveal. Okay, so now you're in on the gender reveal. No, I'm not. Okay. <laughs> All right. Back to baseball. So, Pavetta, you're... So, Again, it's only two starts, but yeah. you're slightly concerned, you would say. I, I'm just concerned that he's the Pavetta of last year. And he, the the lack of the change-up has been really frustrating. Like, that should have been the only thing you worked on this offseason, was working on that change-up. Because your other stuff is legit good. And now guys can just tee off on 96. Like they Because they, he hasn't really been great at locating his curveball his first two starts. And now guys can just tee off on, on, on his fastball, which has been getting hit around a lot. Like, there's been a lot of hard contact off of Pavetta because he's not really... Fooling guys because he doesn't have that third pitch. Like that's that's I'm frustrated, um, but I think that obviously the talent is still there and everyone knows that. And the run support has been there as they certainly put yeah, up helps. some runs for Nick. Running Jake Odorizzi in the first inning. Five, well, how about how about, about Baldelli coming out to the mound and Odorizzi is like, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> I know <laughs> he's like I didn't have it today, yeah. man. It's like, not oh. bad day. Sorry, yeah, really sorry. And and look, Jake Odorizzi is not a good pitcher, but he's not a horrendous pitcher. I mean, the guy has had success in the major leagues. It was a nice showing from the lineup in that game. Yeah, I mean, the lineup is just it's relentless, man. Yeah, it I mean, is relentless. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Is that like JT Romuto hasn't even turned into JT Romuto yet? He's batting like 170 or whatever. <laughs> and and Cesar is batting 179. And the and like Andrew McCutcheon is only batting 241, but. I just every day I wake up and he's I, got a four hundred OBP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every day I wake up and I and I thank the rest of baseball for just gifting us. I MB. can't believe how good McCutcheon looks. I can't believe how good he looks. I he mean, has not looked this good since Pittsburgh. And I know he was better in New York last year. I watched a lot of Yankees games last year. He did not look this good. Well, he's driving the ball the other way. He's actually putting solid contact on the ball. And the thing that I've been most most impressed with is obviously we know he's a great leader, all that stuff. But I think his I think his base running is contagious. Like his base running is otherworldly. He's so good. It, it it's so professional. He's such a professional he's just base a pro, runner. An absolute and pro. And it's the angles he takes. It's you know, he's always hitting on the inside of the base. Like it's it's textbook. It's exactly how you te- you're taught to run the bases in little league moving forward. It's like this is how you run the bases. Andrew McCutcheon does it perfectly. And the reads are perfect. He's got such a good feel for it. It's really impressive. Gun down a guy at the plate yesterday. He does everything, man. It really uh He does it's, everything. It's a, it's a little bit different than Reese Hoskins in left field, uh having Andrew oh, McCutcheon no. up there. It's basically the same thing. There was like two balls in the area to start where I was like there's no way Reese gets to that. By the way, can we just call out the people who thought that Reese Hoskins would be as good a defensive first baseman as Carlos Santana? Right. That was a very 
wrong. Very wrong. <laughs> so and wrong. Also, Carlos Santana's batting 444. Santana's been good back in Cleveland. He's yeah. home. He feels good. But Reese is a bad first baseman, man. Yeah. We need the DH. I know you hate I it. I mean, I hate it, but yeah. I know. But Reese is like the Quinta. He's Edgar Martinez. Put him at the DH and let him rake. He does rake, though. He, he's back. All right, let's get well, to that, had, and then we'll get to the to Flynn and Arietta and all that. But well, anything else in front? I mean, there wasn't really anything no, else. No, they just put up runs. I mean, ho hum, another uh, Adam another Morgan. Another Adam Morgan. Adam Morgan breakout is real. Where's my mentions for the Adam Morgan breakout? Adam Morgan looks really good. Really good. Like that slider is a f- weapon. Like that is a weapon pitch. Like the ability to go multiple versions of that slider from the same arm slot, and as you've talked about, to go from like four inches to six to eight or six to eight to ten, whatever. Yeah, that is a weapon. No, it's great, and he like he comes in on Sunday, and it's just three straight to Eddie Rosario, and ready and Rosario just, just pops done. it up, and, and that was a huge spot. I mean, that was the spot in the game right there. Yeah, no, I think he has been. I just think I, I'm looking up his usage right now because I just want to make sure of something. But like um, using that slider more and more, like that's that's. I mean, something right now, him and would you? I I think this you, is what, this you, what I was looking for. You have to say real quick. You would have to say that right now, Pat Neshek and Adam Morgan are the two best pitchers in this bullpen right now. It's not even really a debate. Bar none. I mean, uh, Neris, well, you could put it in there. He's pitched really well since that op- the opener. Uh, Nicasio's been good. Nicasio's been good, but those two have been lights out. So I feel most confident when Nishek and Adam Morgan come in the game right I mean, now. Nishek's always good. The th- so I think we have to preface why we don't love Nishek. Because, like, all right, so Nishek won't take the ball back to back games. I know mm-hmm. he did it once this year, but that's an anomaly. And last year, he was all the leaks from the clubhouse about, like, Gabe Kapler. And, and the year before with McCannon, too. I know. Like, he just has this track record. But now, apparently, he's all in on being a team guy. Thanks, Pat. Also, Welcome to like, the program. All the baseball card stuff. Like, just Google Pat Nishek and baseball cards and you'll see some of the stories where it's just like it's like just because you're a major league baseball player you think that other major league baseball players are required to give you their cards or sign their cards it's a weird thing he's a weird dude yeah that's fine he's a great pitcher great so, pitcher all good bro yeah we've i have no qualms we're in on pat Nishak. yeah he's very good we're good N- on it's never my issue no just he's a, an interesting Everyone guy want to hang out with him all right that's <laughs> it it's okay he's a great um, pitcher keep Pitching. All right, so two things from Friday. Yes. Um, so uh, here's the one thing I was looking up for Adam Morgan. So Adam Morgan right now, his his usage of his pitches, he's throwing 40% sliders. Boom. Uh, he's thrown only 6% four-seamers, which is good because last year, guys batted 444 off of that. So I mean, when Jason Hayward takes it deep, yeah. you should just not throw it that. It does seem like just that. retire the pitch. Yeah. It's that bad. It was the first time Jason Hayward's <laughs> caught up to a fastball since 2012. Especially against a lefty, yeah. too, which is not good. Yeah, not a good look. No. Not a good look. But here's the thing that I think is interesting. So his slider what used... What dumb GM gave Jason Hayward $123 million? I, I can't figure it out. Anyway, <sighs> keep going. It's Jed just, Hoyer, that's who it was. Just Jed one, Hoyer, that's I can't, who it was. I just can't wait till you wake up one Jed day. Jed Hoyer was no, the GM. Like, no. I was just trying to remember who the GM mm. was. It was Jed Hoyer. Anyway. It was not that fraud, Theo. <laughs> it was not that fraud. He's the president. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> I really don't care. Um, so the slider. So last year, his slider usage was at 42%. Okay, But his fastball usage was at 21%. A four-seam fastball. 21% down to 6%. So what he's using now is a sinker, which is up to 24% of his usage, which is... A, it's, it's, why would you not use that when it dips underneath lefties' batters? Like that's your only job with it, and also and goes goes away to righties. So um, Adam Morgan looks great, Nisha looks great. Now Robertson, Robertson threw a uh, he threw scoreless innings this weekend, um, and and got two thirds before Morgan came in to and they, save him. Right, and they they, they they finally realized what he was doing wrong. I guess was that he was breaking his hands too early and he was getting to the plate. He's basically just too early to the plate. And they had to get him slow down and, and make sure he stays back a little bit longer. Nice job. Thought, nice job noticing that, Phyllis. Yes, good job, Chris Young. Staff. 
Chris Young found out the the Arietta arm yeah, slot. I'm 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 bullish on the early Chris Young reports. Here. Yeah, they seem to like him a lot. So um, that's good. If he if you can get Robertson going, um, I think Sir Anthony. I think he needs like uh, he needs some. Uh, just long, not long relief, but like blowouts stuff. He needs to just come in, come in and low, low leverage. Low leverages, right. Yep, exactly. Low leverage situations because I think his problem is the same kind of problem that Robertson was having. I think he's opening up way too early, and I think it's just throwing everything off out of whack. Like his slider's not moving that well. His his fastball isn't cutting as much. I think he's just a little bit early. I think he needs to stay back on his back leg. Switching to Sir Anthony now. Yes. I'm, okay. I'm in the it took me a second. I was like, wait, is he still talking to Robertson? No. no he said, okay, now so Sir I'm Anthony. Sir, now I'm a Sir okay, Anthony. I was going to wait for Saturday for Sir Anthony, but go ahead. Let's talk about Sir Let's Anthony. Let's jump ahead to Saturday, Sir Anthony. Oh, Friday night's done now. <laughs> All right. So we'll go backwards. Sir Anthony, then Arietta, Sir Anthony. Sir Anthony. So my thing with Sir Anthony right now is I think he's opening up a little bit too early, and I think it's causing all of his pitches not to have the same level of zip. Which has been noticeable. And the movement at the end, the late giddy up we talked about. Yeah, and it just... The it, cut, we haven't seen the cut. It all just flattens out. Like, there, there's cutter movement to it a little bit, but it, instead of being the late last second cut, it's kind of cutting earlier. Which is funny. The only time he's had that cut this season, they throw the first base on Reese Hoskins. The right. ball cut away from Reese. Right. Although, there, uh, I was talking, <laughs> I was talking to, to Ben Harris about this. And he sent me a video of of strengthening against the Braves on opening day, and it was like the cut, like it was a hard ninety eight. Mm-hmm. Acuna swung right through it. We haven't seen that kind of pitch from Sir Anthony just yet. Like everything, everything out of his hand right now is just flattening out at the wrong time. He, I think he needs to just stay close, stay back a little bit longer, and I think the zip will come back. All right, Arietta, uh, seven innings, three earned, had that one rough inning, but. At least to my eye, seemed to battle through some spots. Yeah, I thought I, w- I was pretty encouraged by uh, Jake. Uh, I guess he said that that team is very aggressive and he tried to get them out early and just throw pitches in the zone. And I, I thought that was the most comfortable he had looked. Um, I thought he was getting through his pitches. I thought that was very good. The one thing that was not great was that he had only one swing and miss all day, which not great. Not good. No, I mean, no. for 94 pitches, only had to one guy swing through not it. Not great. Especially, it was like a, yeah, I mean, that was the, it was the lowest he's ever had in his career. Wow, really? Yeah. It was one guy. It was that's like, not good. It was like a 1.6% It was like crazy. So, uh, that's something to monitor, but I guess if he's generating soft contact. And, and if that's the approach he went into the game with saying, I'm not trying to strike these guys out, I'm trying to get outs. Which I Possible. think, I think that's a good development for Jake. Because well, we talked about that last year. I think that's, as a pitcher... Uh, philosophically, you need to be able to get strikeouts when you need them, but to go in and say, I want to use less pitches to get outs is a smart strategy. Yeah, and I thought I thought he filled up the zone a little bit. Obviously, the, the third inning was a little bad, but I think it just got away from him a little bit rather than he was you know, not really figuring it out because he, I mean, he pitched till the seventh inning. So he obviously had something going. Uh, I thought he looked comfortable. I thought he was finishing well. I thought he was, uh, I mean, he, he, I saw him hit 95 a couple times, which I think is a good sign. And if, if, if he wants to be like a, a ground ball pitcher that doesn't strike that many people out anymore, I think that's almost better than trying to nibble and try to get guys to chase because guys just aren't chasing any of this stuff anymore. I agree, especially when he's got a great sinker ball. Like, he can get ground outs. That's yes. his bread and butter. So, leaning into what your bread and butter is, I don't think is a bad thing for Arietta. I, I agree. So, um, I, I was I was encouraged by Arietta. I thought he was fine. The one, the one swing and miss is definitely something to monitor. All right, Sunday, and then we'll get into some other things from the weekend, and, and we'll look ahead. But Sunday, let's start with Eflin. Cy Eflin. Cy Eflin. The Eflin breakout. What is that going we all on, called man? For? I mean, he's looked great so far. Um, I would say that the first three innings on Sunday, he didn't look great. I thought well, he obviously looked- the first inning he didn't, and then kind of settled yeah. in after. The guy who pitched four through seven is a guy that can be like legit, legit. 
Like he Ooh. was, he was, it was, he was dotting. Like he was 95. Like every lefty he faced, he was getting up and under the hands and it was actually running back a little bit. And it was 95, just darts. Like wherever Real Muto was putting his glove, Eflin was hitting it and going up in the zone and being able to pitch up in the zone with that 94, 95 and then having all the pitches off of that. Like that is, that is such good pitching. Like Eflin is, Eflin is such a solid, solid pitcher. He is awesome. Like I, I, I trust Zach Eflin. Wow. I trust Zach Eflin. Wow. And, and I, I don't think it's a, a flash in the pan either because he's actually getting swings and misses. I think he actually has a plan of attack. And I just think his mechanics are finally all figuring it out. Like he's he is staying back just long enough to where it's it's the ball's coming out and it's hard for batters to pick up on. I thought I thought Eflin was great. The first three innings I didn't think he looked that great. There was some hard hit balls off him. But four through seven, it was like just pounding the zone, soft contact, getting jam shots to righties. I thought it was, I thought it was great. And obviously, he's throwing the two different sliders now. He's he's mixing in his curveball even more, and the changeup. I feel like he didn't even have to use that much. But one now, the one thing that I did want to bring up is that the one thing I'm mildly concerned about, um, not too concerned, but something that I want people to monitor is his slider and his changeup are coming in at the same exact speed. Which isn't great when you're thinking about just eyes, like when a batter's eye, mm-hmm. because if they see it a little bit softer, like they're gonna stay back on and be able to hit it. So I would love for him to be able to get his 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 changeup in at like 84. So you want you want a seven to ten mile an hour difference between your fastball and your changeup. So if he can come in at 84 and then have the slider at 88 and the fastball at 94, 95, I mean, <laughs> I mean, game over. It's freaking game over. So um, he's just he's developing right in front of our eyes. So more real than fluke is what you're trying to say here. Yeah, if he's gonna pitch up in the zone 94, 95, it's definitely more real. Wow, it's definitely more it's exciting real. because it's good. He, they he, need this. Like I, he looked he looks really good, and I, obviously I like Pavetta. I think Pavetta's upside is definitely higher. Right. Um, and but right now Eflin's pitching better. There's no question about it. And listen, man, he's just solid. It's six innings, seven innings of less than three runs. That's all I ask for out of Zach Eflin. And I think he can do that on a night in, night out basis. All right. Uh, speaking of Eflin, Gabe Kapler, I thought yeah. made a really yeah. great decision to leave Eflin oh, no, in the no, game I, there. Just in general, Kapler. I thought you were talking about after the game when he said that he's a perennial Cy Young candidate. Did he say that? Uh, well, <laughs> you know, that's old school Gabe. He's still going to be a little he's, effusive about his guys. Yeah, he's still in there. But I... I mean, through eight games, and I know a lot of people are like, you know, he's just staying out of the way. I think that Kapler is... He's not, though. He's doing a much better job than people are giving him credit for. He's making every right move so far. If Yeah. I, in a sense, he's staying out of the way, in a, but I think that's more learning more about players' emotions than looking just at the spreadsheet. So in that way, I think he's staying out of the way, but I don't know, I don't know how you can watch this team every night and not see the decisions he's making from the uh, the bullpen. Maybe he left Sir Anthony in for too long on Saturday, but I think he has to he has to learn where he's at with Sir Anthony rather than when I mean, you're already down in the game anyway. Yep. Yeah, you're a little bit more lenient with that. Right, and you have to see if your guy can pitch out of the situation. Sure. Um, but like pulling... Pulling Nola in the second Washington start, mm-hmm. being able to bring in Nick Williams off the bench. He's made really correct decisions at the bottom of the lineups to get hitters in there when the, when he knows the pitchers are done. And everything he's touched so far has been really good. And I, I and really, I think the clubhouse culture has been phenomenal. It's been it? the biggest thing. I think that you can't give credence to the camaraderie and the you know celebrations and say, oh, that's so great. And not give Gabe Kapler credit for that. No, you just I totally, can't. I totally they agree. They go together. You have to give him. He has to foster that type of clubhouse where people feel comfortable being themselves. People feel comfortable celebrating, and he's done that. 
I think, yeah, I just, I, I think that the, the clubhouse has been great. Um, he's letting these guys just be themselves. And I think that's the biggest part of, of the early season camaraderie is like, do the handshakes, celebrate all you want. I agree. We'll go kick some ass. Like, I think that's the way he is. I think he's, I think his motto in the clubhouse is have fun and kick ass. I think yeah. that's, that's, I think it's a great motto. It's a sport. It's fun. It should be fun. Uh, shout out to Gabe. One more thing from, uh, from Sunday's game. I have one more Gabe thing too. Okay. Oh, lay it on me then first. There are six managers I'd rather have Ooh, than Gabe Kapler. It. Wow. Six managers. Wow. So you're saying Gabe Kapler is the seventh best manager in Major League Baseball for all intents and purposes. Get Joe Madden out of here. No interest in wow. Joe Madden. Wow. Wow. Out on Joe Madden. So Francona. Francona. You have to take Francona over him. Bochi. I know he's retiring, but Bochi. Hall okay. of Famer. Okay. I guess I'll put Bochi in there. You have to. I mean, okay. I know he's old school and stuff, but Bochi is an all-time great. Bochi. Cora, Francona, I agree. Hinch, Cash. Yeah, I agree with those five for sure. I mean, Cash is the most underrated. Cash manager. is unbelievable. Cash is, might be the best manager in the game right now. I mean, and he's I would, awesome. I would put Kapler right there. I like that. I have That's no, an interesting list. I don't. I like. I like him better than Boone. I don't like David Roberts. At I think all. Boone stinks. I don't, I don't think Boone's good. I think David Roberts is a, a product of his of his team out yeah, there. Yeah, I'm not a huge Roberts guy. I think he's fine. Oh, I'll put him. I'll, I'll have. Craig Council I have ahead of him. Mm, I like Craig Council. He's fine. Bud Black. No. no solid interest. manager, but Both. I agree with you. But I like Bud Black. I think he's underrated. But I, I agree with you. This is interesting. I, I got to actually take a look and I'll come back with where I would have him. But I like that a lot. I'm all in. I think I think of all the leaps guys have taken this year, I think Gabe has taken the biggest leap from year Ooh. one to year two. Because like, he's just... Everything I know. Obviously, the talent is there. Obviously, the talent is as as leapfrog this team from an eighty win team to where they are now, which is a ninety five plus probably win team. But the 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 clubhouse culture, I think that is something that players are going to want to come in and play for. Uh, it seems like he has his guys back. It seems like he's t- he's tying in the emotional side of it. And listen. The guy gives a crap. And like when I watched Rocco Bodelli all weekend be asleep at the wheel, mm-hmm. when I watched Dave Martinez, who is a freaking disaster, like do his thing, and, and then I see Gabe and like he says he, he literally said in an article like two weeks ago that the the thing I had to learn in year one was that there's not enough time in the day to like figure out everything. I'll take that in my manager. Me if my manager too. if my manager Oh, he cares. Wow, that's that's rough. But yeah, well going from Pete Buchanan to him is a huh. is a big difference. But but like Gabe gives a crap. He's smart, and I think he has a really smart. Uh, I think there's a really smart coaching staff around him. I think Chris Young's smart. I think John Maley's smart, even though I get a little frustrated with him. Sam Fold is smart. Like I just think that the the. Cl- I think right now he's so comfortable from year one to year two that it's just everything. Like he he's just got it. I'm in on Gabe. I I am too. I love it. I'll take a list. I do think of the guys from last year. Corey, you mentioned. I think Brian Snicker might be a good manager too. Down mm. Atlanta. I've liked what I've seen from him when I've watched the Braves. Opening play. weekend, I was like, this guy's bad. Oh, this opening weekend. No, he did, like, no, Philly's opening weekend. Right. This season, you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he didn't have a great opening weekend, but in general, I've, I, he's made some good moves. But regardless, I would take Gabe over him. All right, one other thing from Sunday. Uh, mea culpa here, because I believe, either on the last podcast or the podcast before, I said I never needed to see Hector Neris pitch in the ninth inning ever again. Well. Hector. Yeah, Hector. I mean, Hector. I don't know. It's like closer. Let's go. It's like he'll look great and then he'll look bad yeah, and know. then he'll look great. And yeah, he, can, he 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 permanently has deer in headlights. Look, he always <laughs> looks afraid to be in the ninth inning. So got it done. He did get it done. Good job. Hector. I'm with you. I, One, two, three, two. OK, so are you all back into the bullpen? Where you at? 
Um, I think it's rounding into the form. I think it's rounding into form. I think I think Morgan. I think it's sustainable with his with his sinker and, and slider. I think Nishek's always going to be solid. I think Robertson's getting better. Like I think I think the first week was just a disaster um, from that standpoint. But I think Sir Anthony. He just needs like a low leverage situations, maybe some flat grounds, uh, some film work, and obviously the talent's all there to be ridiculous. Just, just he needs a he needs a little breather. All right, couple things surrounding the action. We mentioned it before. Uh, not worried about Reese's shoulder anymore. I'm guessing. No, guess we're not. We're not. Well, we're he good. Saw, he saw 78 pitches this weekend. He was awesome this weekend. He was awesome. He was the best player on the team for the weekend. Well, yeah, and that that at bat yesterday, he hits he hits the home run, and that was just and a great piece of hitting, man. It was, it was nine pitches. It was a great pitch too that he hit out of the ballpark. Yeah. That was a really low and outside in the strike zone, like a really nice pitch, and he just went and got it, man, and it just carried. Yeah, his barrel just stays with the zone so long that he's able to just launch everything. I mean, the pitch he fouled off before was a much better pitch to hit, and then he still went down and got the next one. Right, and it's it, a great at bat. That was the that was the most fired up I've ever seen Reese. Me too, man. He was jacked up, and it was a big spot, big hit. Yeah, and I off think off a really good pitcher. Yeah, Barrios is one of the best pitchers, in, like one of the best young pitchers in baseball. Yeah, he he is he he's, he's legit. He's kind of what I think Sixto is going to be, which is kind of sad. Sad, but he's bigger than Sixto though. Yeah, he is bigger than Sixto, which is something saying something because Bar- Barrios is not that that tall. No, but Sixto is that little. Is it Barrios or Barrios? Barrios. That one I feel coming. By the way, mea culpa again. <laughs> mea culpa. I was wrong. It's Tyler Naquin, not Tyler Naquin. Yeah. Well, it's my bad. Still better than pseudo suedo, though. Get off my case, okay? That's a real word. <laughs> All right. We don't um, do real words. We only do baseball <laughs> words, do and baseball. that's what I'm good for. All right. A couple more things I want to talk about from a roster perspective. One is kind of starting to get discussed. Cesar Hernandez. Yes. Not the best start to the season. He's been fine. You know, obviously, 180-something average, but he's helped. He's gotten on base, but... Is it time? Is Scott Kingery your starting second baseman soon? I think he, I I don't think it's a bad idea to get Kingery some starts this weekend or this week, beginning of this week. Um, Cesar's just struggling, and I think Cesar's a good player. But here's what is the worst thing that could possibly happen from Kingery playing this week? Like the worst thing that happens for Cesar is Kingery takes it and runs with it. Mm-hmm. But from a Phillies perspective, that's a good thing. So like I think there's only positives that can come from this. One, it gives Cesar a little bit of a breather, lets him calm down and, and get into the swing of things. And two, if Kingery goes out and proves that he is worth of the the contract they gave him last offseason, then you have your second baseman. Like you have your guy that can you can actually grow with Gene Segura and and whatnot. So I don't see the downside in in replacing Kingery or replacing Cesar with Kingery. I think it's I think it's just a, a decision right now. Give Cesar, I mean, they have the off day Thursday. Um, give him a little bit of a breather. And and if Kingery takes it and runs, then that's a good thing. It's a good thing all around. So I I, I am pro Cesar. I think Cesar is a good ball player. Um, not playing well right now. It's a bunch of soft contacts to the right side. Um, I, I, I don't think it'd be the worst idea in the world to get Kingery some playing time. Yeah, I, I look, I'm, I'm there too. I think that you need to start mixing Kingery in to begin with, you have to figure you have to figure out what, what he, he has. is, and and look development wise, all that type of stuff. And and look, this team is trying to win baseball games this year. This is not a development year, but at the same they time, they can do both. Yeah, it's balancing. It's exactly right. It's balancing those things, and it's also that this organization clearly believes in Scott Kingery. They gave him that contract last year for a reason. One year at twenty four in the minors that are in the majors that was not a great year isn't going to change that for them. That's not That's not going to make them be like, oh, we were wrong. This guy stinks. Right. It's not happening. They still believe in Scott Kingery long-term, so eventually they're going to have to figure it out. They're going to figure out whether he's your second baseman of the future or not. And I agree. I think, look, Cesar's struggling. I, I think it's an... I, I'm not saying start Kingery every game this week, but give him a couple starts at second base. Mix him in there. That is the position you want him at. 
Right, so, you're you're putting him into a pretty low leverage situation. Yeah. I mean, if you're gonna, I mean, last year he was viewed as the guy that had to help take this team from one level to the next. Yeah, now he he's had just big time expectations. Right, last right. Year. Now he's just a, a a cog in the machine. And and if you can, like, what's it, what's really gonna be the difference between having Kingery in your seven hole and Cesar in your seven hole right now? Like, there's not gonna be that. on base percentage. That's about it. Yes, the on base percentage. Yeah, I, I agree. It. But he should be able to get pitches down there. And I think Kingery's a better fielder than Cesar at second base too. Not that I, that's a huge and a way better base runner. He's a oh well significantly better base runner. Yes. Why does Cesar he, he keeps stealing with uh, a runner on first? Uh, I would say one out, and he'll be like he'll be on first base, one out, and he'll try to take second, and then leave first base open, and Franco he takes it. He keeps doing it every time. It's like they're clearly going to walk him. What are we doing here? Right, and then, I, mean, I understand turns the pitcher over, but you're taking the bat out of Franco's hands where he can do some damage. It's yes. not it's not the greatest thing in the world. I agree with you. So I'm just like ah, what are you doing? Relax, Cesar. Um, but Kingery, I, I, I'm still bullish on Kingery. I don't think he's as great as he was pegged out to be last season. Um, but I, I just want to see what he can be. I want to see what he can do. If he takes this and runs with it, it's a way better thing for the future of the Phillies. And once the Cubs collapse, like they will because they have a bad GM and a, and a manager on the hot seat, then they can steal Ben Zobers to the deadline. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> How am I supposed to respond to that? By the way, Caesar does give you a uh, switch hitter off the bench, which is nice, too, from that perspective. It's always good to have someone a little more versatility on the bench. Right. Speaking of which, roster crunch coming up. Yeah. Roman Quinn. So what is it, like 14, 15 days left before they have to make a decision somewhere in that range, I believe, until the rehab assignment is up? Out of options. Aaron Altair, out of options. So the way I see it, it's either Quinn or Altair or... They decide to go with a more conventional roster construction approach, and they have five bench bats, and they keep both. I don't How think, do you I've, see this shaking out? Are you nervous? Aaron Altair. Not good, Jack. So good. He's, he's, he's Out of options. I know. Aaron Altair could be on another team in a month. Yeah, I think he's going to be in the Diamondbacks in a month. Or so like, you, or like so you think that's the way it goes? Yeah, I, I just think that... I mean, look, I think they give Quinn a spot if he's healthy and he's back. I almost think that they... Like, Altair... Even if he turns out to be good, there's not really a spot for him anyway. Right. Um, so, And I think they like the kid, and I think that... They want to give him a chance, you think? Right. And give him a chance and a fresh start on a bad team and see what he can do. Like, go to the Diamondbacks, who are actually raking, and Adam Jones somehow has four home runs. <laughs> Christian Walker. <laughs> yeah. Out of nowhere. Well, he's he's, uh, he's a, a Southeastern PA high school legend. Is he so, really? Yeah. How about that? Yeah. Went to South, knowledge by Went you. to South Carolina and raked. I heard a lot about him growing up, so that's imagine. the only reason I know. Yeah. Never faced him, though. Probably would have taken a yard. Um, <laughs> that was a moment of realness right there, Jack. Uh, well, it's funny because there's this guy on the Mariners named Joe DiCarlo who's like a minor league pitcher now. But when we were 13, he took a ball like 3:30 off me. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> it's just like hey, it's all it's all coming back to me. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, Altair, I think he deserves a fresh start. Uh, it's not going to work out here. Um, and they have Nick Williams who can be the power guy at the bench, and then Roman Quinn. Like Odubel's playing too well. I, oh, Roman Quinn's not that good anyway. Roman no. Quinn is a is a is a, a, a fine end like a bench. He's bat. a perfect bench guy. We talk about this all the time. He can bat. He's a switch hitter for you. So you have multiple options there. He can run. He can field. He's a perfect bench guy. He's exactly what you want out of a bench guy. Yeah, I think he's just been so overrated by a lot of people because he came up and had a fast little start. But and for so long we heard so much about him. Yeah, but Adul's playing well. You, you can't you can't take a double out of the lineup right now. I 100 percent agree with you. My bigger worry is that they decide to let Altair go, bring Quinn back, and then Quinn gets hurt again, which will happen. So well, you can't trust them. That's for sure. Right. So so if you make that decision, you DFA Altair. I mean. Why wouldn't why wouldn't you send Ramos down or something like that? Why wouldn't you go with the bigger, the slightly larger bench 
and give up on a pitcher, especially when you could do so much gymnastics with that from a week to week basis and you can move guys up and down and all that. Well, why? Well, I guess like, do you really need three bench outfielders when you have guys that play pretty much every day? No, I don't know if you do or don't, but we've seen instances already where Andrew Knapp has had to pinch hit. And by the way, Andrew Knapp's still <laughs> on this team, Jack. Well, what do you want him to do? I want him not to be on this team. <laughs> Drew Patera, what happened to that guy? I'll Debbie, take anybody. Debbie Gruyon? Who's your who's the triple A catcher? Bring him up. I mean Aaron now. I can't do Andrew Knapp anymore. I can't do it. He he really I hate it. I hate it. He's like a high school hitter. He is he's such a bad hitter. Like he is an epically bad hitter. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's like, yeah. It's like having Freddie Gallus be a shortstop for the entire season. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically what it is. Yeah, I I I never liked Andrew Knapp. Gilio loves Andrew Knapp. I really? can't explain it. Yeah. Wow. It's sad. I didn't think anybody did. Well, he just thinks he's a has a good eye at the plate. Oh, come. <laughs> he's on, a good man. OBP guy. No wonder Gabe wants him on the team. So yeah, well, Gabe Gabe will never let Andrew Knapp leave. Hey, Nappy. Ma- maybe he's a great clubhouse guy. Uh-huh. Nappy. Maybe that's what he is. Uh-huh. Culture guy. Um, I don't know. It just, that that seems like a huge bench and if the, if they're not going to get at bats anyway cuz this lineup's too loaded, it's like, eh, I don't know. I'd rather have the pitcher up here. That's fine. I'm. I'm. I could go. You're finding either way a way to keep I'm Aaron not, yeah, on the I'm roster, not, yeah, and I appreciate look, that. How am I the one who's arguing to keep Aaron Altair because on the I roster? Because I want. I want my you beautiful want butterfly to blossom. You want the best. Yeah. All right. I need. I wow, need. That is really altruistic of you. This is a. Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's not what I was expecting from from Jack. It's all about me, Fritz. I wasn't expecting. Yeah. That. Well, you know, sometimes you got to give back, and <laughs> and with Aaron Altair, it's time for him just go go be on his own. Go spread those wings, Spread butterfly. those wings, Aaron. In San Francisco. Fly away, brother. Yes. In Prove San- me right somewhere else. All right. Uh, big series coming up. I mean, it's hard to say any April series is a big series, but... Remember, remember last year was like, Arietta needs to step up tonight. Biggest series in biggest 10... Biggest series in... But now it really is. Like, again, these are the biggest series in 10 years or whatever. And boy, like, I like to go how about How about the crowd just being back like this weekend? Back. Like, it was... Every game Dude, was there back. Were like, there were like 15, 20,000 people who stayed through a freaking rainstorm to watch baseball yeah that was a horrible night that was it was i felt uncomfortable watching it on my tv and i see all these people there i was like awesome and the phillies shout out to the phillies for doing right by them offering them a ticket to a game later in the season just for hanging out yeah that's cool that that is cool that's getting it that's understanding your fan base and and being cool so shout out to the phillies for that oh it did give me uh a lot of 2016 flashbacks i did not appreciate the the empty crowd <laughs> yeah, but you know, you can't blame them at the same time. I know, either. but I had gotten so used to these big crowds. You're already there. It was you know what's great? Ready. You know what's great? So why did you go 2016 Flash and not, I don't know, last season? Yeah, I don't know. 17, <laughs> 16. Well, 16 is when they lost uh, I 99. know, but it was equally empty last yeah. year. Well, whatever. Um, <laughs> well, because 2016 doesn't seem that far ago. It was that long ago, sure. even though it was like three years ago. Yeah. Um, isn't, it, isn't it great like waking up every day and being able to watch the Phillies at seven now? It is the greatest thing in the world. It's like such a great feeling. Well, especially because I had to watch them when they were bad anyway. And it's just so much more fun to like look forward to these games yeah. and think about, oh, my team is so fun to watch. Um, all right, so speaking of which, this series, it's a pretty big series. Nats coming into town. Velasquez gets the ball tonight. Yay. Aaron Nola tomorrow. The human rain delay tonight. Okay, so let's, all right, we all know how we feel about Vince Velasquez 
Fingers crossed. Who knows? Uh, I would bet the over tonight. You have it's an, the over unders nine. You're talking on time because I would too. Bet the over on it being well, a long start, ass yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. Well, they start every game late, and then they also have Velasquez in the mound. And so. then the lineup, which is a great thing. They grind, but man, they play some long baseball games. And then Velasquez on the hill. Dude, Not here's cool. here's the funny part. I gotta is wake that, up in the morning, Vince. Here's the thing: is that no one cares anymore because they're a good <laughs> offense. It's true. Like last year it was like, oh, this is painful. They're grinding out at bats and not doing anything with it. Now they're grinding out at bats point. and they're. It's act- a lot easier to hang with. Like no one cares that the games are three hours now be- because they're actually a good offense. Baseball's so, dead, Jack. Yeah, baseball's dead. No one cares about it. Stop talking about it. Um, but it's clearly the second most popular team in the city. And the Sixers don't matter. No one cares about the Sixers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what are you looking for in this series here? Uh, I'm assuming Nola. We talked about Pavetta. What are you looking for? We all Velasquez. We're gonna. Cross our fingers and pray. Yeah, we'll see with Velasquez. Nola, what are you looking for tomorrow from Nola? Or yeah, tomorrow from Nola. It's a big spot. Nola, for me, Strasburg. It's a it's a big matchup for me with Nola. It's all about where's the location of his, of his pitches. I mean, that was something that was so interesting about the Washington start last time was that it, he didn't have the location of his fastball, which he always has. He didn't have the movement on his fastball, which he always has. And he he was trying to throw off speed pitches, and they weren't even close to the zone. Like he was just. It was a it was a very strange Aaron Nola start. He walked five guys in his first game. He walked I don't know how many in the, in the Washington game. I think like three or four. Very uncharacteristic. I want to see Nola have a, have a bounce back performance. And I'm interested. I'm interested to see how this offense does against an elite pitcher like Strasburg. I mean, they've gone against two elite elite pitchers so far in Scherzer and Barrios and. I would say the Barrios, whatever his freaking name is, Barrios, Barrios. This one I feel pretty confident, it's Barrios. Oh, I forget because this I'm in my head because I used to say Barrios a lot, yeah, and then Barrios. I heard Fransky this week and I said Barrios. I'm pretty sure. Did he really? So like, I, but I forget. Like I have this little, I forget kind of what he said. So I'm now I'm just now I'm, I got mush in my head. But he, uh, like he he carved him up. Like he was he didn't even th- he didn't throw his changeup. No. Like he was a fastball curveball guy, and his changeup is legit good. So I'm interested. I'm interested to see how they battle against an actually good pitcher um, who looked great. Against the Mets, the other a, night. he looks great when Stras- he's healthy. Yeah, when he Strasburg looked awesome. I think nine strikeouts and six. He looked really good against the Mets the other night. Yeah, no, I agree. So uh, I'm in, I'm interested to see what they do against a good a good starter there. Um, but- also interesting to see Nola go up against a team that just. You know, beat the crap out of him a few days ago. It's good. It's good bounce back start for him. You know, when sometimes when you face that team, you want to get back out there again and kind of uh, get get past your demons a little bit. And I tell you what, they, they really they got a good draw this weekend or this week. I mean, you have Annabelle, Strasburg, and Jeremy Hellickson. Yeah, are you kidding me? You don't get Scherzer, you don't get Corbin. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, please. It's a big win. It's a big win for us. And then uh, obviously Wednesday you have uh, Pavetta versus Hellickson. Okay. How many home runs for Bryce this weekend? This week, two. You're talking just in this first series, yeah, right? Yeah, first series. Two. Cool. I'm saying. I was going to say over under two and a half. So under. But that's a lot. That is a lot. Of I mean, come on. I know. I think he hits at least one off Alexson. He's going to hit it. Yeah. I mean, I think I could hit him. He might hit two off Alexson. And then I mean, well, and that bullpen. Dude, the Nats bullpen is a How tire Tre- fire. Trevor Rosenthal, the first pitcher ever to not retire one of the first nine hitters he faces in a season. It's still, pretty impressive. Still has an infinity. Pretty impressive <laughs> yeah, right. Trevor Rosenthal. It's I mean, bad bullpen. Other than Doolittle, they got nobody. Oh, it's horrible. Yeah. I mean, Justin Miller sometimes is okay. Yeah, but like Andrew Knapp took him yard last year. It's hard to take <laughs> Justin. Good point. Look, whenever that's, I, that's like an automatic indictment. You suck. Like, Sorry. Whenever I see Justin Miller come in, I'm like, eh. Nap took you a yard last year. So that's So you stink. Yeah. So I never really buy into Justin Miller because of that one. Thing. I think that's a really fair point. Yeah. Plus the Nap barometer line. But it is a great point to bring up that that this offense is going to crush bad bullpens. It is going to crush bad bullpens. So it is something to look for heading into games. All right, a couple fun things before we get out of here. Um first and foremost, 
JT's walk up song? Yeah. So I come give us a little sample. Just no, the I don't want to do it. You won't sing again, huh? No, you're, not, you're, I, Jack is so. Uh, I'm not doing it at the end of the podcast. Jack my, is so uh, scarred from his first cords, appearance singing on this podcast. are already very tired so anyway, from doing this podcast. Jack's singing this bad song uh, that is apparently <laughs> JT Romuto's walk up song. And I was like, oh, is it some terrible country song? It turns out, no, it's some terrible Christian rock song. Right. Either way, it's a bad song. It's not a bad song. You don't even but listen to it. But Jack is all right with it because this is his argument. JT's his catcher, so he supports the song. So I ask you, High Hopes Nation, do you like a song just because a Philly walks up to it? Because I don't. That's not going to make me change my opinion on a song. I'm not in on a song just because it's JT Romuto's walk-up song. Oh, no. That just makes me think that my catcher has bad taste in music. No, I always do it. <laughs> I know you I mean, do. I mean, I mean, half the music is, is country anyway, and I love country music. Oh, so, oh, of course that hurts your gross. feelings. It's, gross. It's the best. There's, nothing, there's no, nothing better in summer than country music and beers. One of those two things is true. I'm saying. Um, yes, unless, no, they're 15, I will, unless they're 15% beers, then yes. it's just a bad idea. Just don't do that before a Phillies game. <laughs> or you ever. Won't, you won't remember the, or six, ever. the 16. I think you well, especially when you're you know 40 like you and yes. have a kid. Yes. Not great. <laughs> Not great. It wasn't great. All right. One other thing I was thinking about. Celebrations. How much effort do you think they put into these things? Because... Everybody's got individual things with everybody. I mean, I love the Bryce Hart. Like, how much time? I think about this a lot. Like, when I was watching Reese and McCutcheon do their little celebration after his homer the other day, I like how much time and effort do these guys? Are they? Are they just? Is it just natural? They're like, oh, boom, 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 we got it. That's perfect. Or is this like hours of time spent and saying, no, 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 let's do the three slabs and then we'll do the little shiver move and then what? Handshakes are very hard to do. That's what I mean. This is something. It's coordinated this well, is time and effort how much time and effort would you say is put into this well i would say it's like you you go up to a guy and you you start figuring out the pieces of it and then once you <laughs> and then once you have the pieces together and then you practice it like six times i was sure, i was actually surprised that segura and hoskins had it down so well because there was an instagram video of them working on it together oh really yeah oh i like that i didn't know that yeah so they're working on so it. they showed it that's very cool i like that yeah, yeah yeah so they're showing the little uh the little uh twirl thing at the end uh-huh. uh which was in on oh so in. salsa dancer at reese i did so not in. did not see that coming um but i uh yeah it takes i would say it takes like a good hour hour and a half two hours that's for each pair of yeah, people and gotta, that's what i'm saying you gotta and plan I, out what I you're gonna do i appreciate that that yeah. is time well spent yeah, as far well, as i'm concerned. i mean there's but nothing... i always think about it because i always think it's like it just happens for us we're just watching it and these celebrations are there and they happen i think about the time and the effort that well, goes and they're there. always perfect that's what i mean they're fun and each one's different what do you think of the wave by the way like the like when a they wave. get on base, that's their new oh, thing I this year. It. Me too. Oh, I'm a fan it. of it because well, we talked about that last year with the thing they had, and then it's something that it seems like that's just something that is a part of Major League Baseball now. Yeah, you got to have, have one. their thing. I really like the wave. Well, I think I it's just, fun. I think it's fun because uh, I like doing it at the ballpark now. So I, th- I think I could see like a whole ball. I could see I could see Bryce Harper taking a jog at the right field, doing the wave, and then everyone doing the wave back to him. That's pretty cool. Yeah, but I it's like gonna take that. it's gonna take a little bit longer. Obviously, everyone's watching now, but I would say that that doesn't fully catch on until like July. All right. Anything else before we get to final thoughts? Um, sure. I'll just do it now. Um, <laughs> sure. I'll just do it. Wait, is this your final thought? No, I have two final oh, thoughts, okay. but I'll do one of them now. Got you. That's good. Once again, I just think. Watching Bryce Harper on Saturday, going back and rewatching the game, and and watching him uh, coming home on Friday night and sliding in and whatever, like Bryce Harper, I don't think I don't know if he realizes it yet. He needed Philadelphia. 
Like Bryce Harper needed Philadelphia because he is playing so much harder. He's his right field defense has been phenomenal. Like yeah, he's, he's getting all right the right there. reads. He's like he's he tried to jump over Williams Ostadio on on Saturday, which was awesome. He made the heads up play on Friday night to get home and steal another run for them, sliding head first. That was very. That was a really heads up aggressive play. We don't remember this, but he hit this ball right field on or in the right uh, right center field gap on Saturday. Got to second base on it when Buxton made a oh, little misplay. You're right. We don't remember. <clears throat> I don't remember it. Yeah. Saw it this morning for the first time. Got excited about it. <laughs> um, I just think I think he he needed Philadelphia, and I think it it's it's reached a new level. I mean, the guy's batting the guy's batting three seventy something and has a five sixty OBP, and like he's he's taking pitches, he's driving the ball. It's not all just home runs. He's hitting for a high average at this point. He's he he. The Philadelphia fan base, I think, has energized Bryce Harper to, to help him reach another level of his game. I think that might be your best take, Jack. It's a great take. I support this take. Thank, Thank you for you. blowing that burp away from me. Well, so here's the thing: is I am a, <laughs> I am a, I am a recent. I, I for long have hated avocados, and I am now an avocado man. I had. Avo- I told you how great they were. I had avocado toast for lunch. Oh, welcome aboard! Yeah, welcome. It, it's truly phenomenal. I are I. I went out See, to- all right, so y'all, this is this is when did you just say y'all? I said y'all for the people out there, <laughs> and I rarely say it. And I thought about should I say it, and I went never for it. again. Yeah, it's not gonna happen again. But <laughs> y'all, listen, I fought with Jack about this. I've had so many conversations, and Jack is one of those people who will say, "I don't like it." Because I've never given it a chance, but I don't like it. And I said, just try it, Jack. I had had it before, and I didn't like it. I'm also now a cheeseman. He's not like cheese. <laughs> uh, These are all great things. I'm becoming slowly terrified that I might like wine. I don't want to like oh, wine. Wow. I You're hate. growing no, I've never. I ha- but I'm, I'm starting to like everything else. Like, what if I like wine? What if I like tomato? I hate tomato. Tomato is disgusting. What if, it's ch- what if I'm just changing too much? Wow. I don't want to change too much. What if these... these random things that I say I don't like because I really didn't give them a chance. I give a chance and I actually No, because cheese does smell bad. (laughs) Some cheeses smell bad. Not all cheese smells bad. Some cheese smells like nothing. I'm not a change guy. That we know. I like to say exactly the same. we know. I mean, I, I I'm really the same. excited about this, man. I'm proud of you. Well, I, like I went out on we, we, Jill. We went to a Mexican place because I just wanted to get gu- guacamole. Oh, and this place, guacamole, this is, is like, unbelievable. This is like music to my ears. Yeah, right so here. that's where I'm at. I'm, I'm, I'm now an avocado toast I'm man. I'm really happy about. I'm that. very millennial of me. So was that an avocado burp? I used to hate coffee. I used to hate beer. I'm, I'm learning. Look at you, man. I'm a well-rounded man. So proud. One of these days, we'll be on the same page on everything, Jack. Except right. for the DH. <laughs> <laughs> Except for the DH, baby. That ain't going anywhere. Final thought. Uh, my final thought is that Mickey Moniak is off to a scorching <laughs> hot start. He's batting 318 up in Portland where I'm in my mind it's snowing and it's a blizzard and he's still raking throughout a blizzard. <laughs> um, he is on fire, drove a home run on Saturday, and followed me on Twitter. I was just about to say, wasn't there something else there? I get an all caps text from Fritzy. It's like Thursday or Friday. Losing his mind because Mickey Moniak followed him on Twitter. Followed me on Twitter. It's now my only job in life to get him on this podcast. (laughs) Well, as a gun. Haven't tried yet. I don't want to be that guy that like. Great job. Really. I don't want to be like, hey man, like come on my podcast. Good job. Thanks. He followed you. You you have an in, and now you're like, eh. I'll get there. All right. My final thought. I'm uh, handing my final thought over to Devin Fink on Twitter. Great follow. Yes. Should follow Devin Fink on Twitter. Writes for Fangraphs now. Really bright guy. 
Get this. I think he's like a Dartmouth like 2021 guy. Like he's so young. Not surprising at all that he's a Dartmouth <laughs> guy though. He's clearly super smart. So, um, all right. This is from Devin Ving on Twitter. Mike Trout has a 25.6 walk percentage and a 7% K percentage after 10 games this season. Pretty good, right? I mean, that's pretty impressive. A 25% walk rate and a 7% K rate. Okay. There is actually one other Major League Baseball player who has both a higher walk percentage and a lower K percentage than Mike Trout this season. And that is Mike Franco. It's Mike Franco. Shout out to Mikey. Or uh, Michael Franco, like like Mike Schmidt would say. <laughs> Michael. Like, come on, man. Like, it's, say his name right. It's not that hard. It's Michael. Yeah. Michael it's... Franco. Michael Franco. Right. That's it. Michael Franco. Um, James Franco's brother and yeah. Dave's brother. They have a third brother. And uh, while while Mike Trout is doing that and wasting the rest of his career there, let's look at the lineup around him. You <laughs> yeah, have, he's going to get five home runs in four games, by the way, and they just... Does yeah. this sound good to you? Leadoff hitter, Tommy Listella. <laughs> Tommy's got a job, huh? <laughs> Three-hole hitter, Justin Bohr. Oh, man. Four-hole hitter, Andrew Alton Simmons. Five-hole hitter, <laughs> Albert Pujols. The corpse of Albert Pujols. Right fielder, B. Goodwin. Don't know who he is. B. Goodwin. Catcher, Jonathan uh, Lucroy. Brian, Brian Goodwin, maybe? Maybe. Uh, catcher, Jonathan Lucroy, who's three years Still removed from being, kicking, huh? to be, from being good. Third baseman, Zach Cozart. You think he's psyched to be in Los Angeles? Pinch hitter, Peter Borges. And Peter Borges still playing. Yeah, still Good for Peter Borges. My, I mean, my man has done a crazy. great job of hanging around. Baseball. And finally, some left fielder slash third baseman, definitely left fielder today, D. Fletcher. David. That's what I was going to guess. It is David Fletcher. So. Good decision, Mike. <laughs> Way to go, Mike. You made that decision because you get to play with Joe Adele, who may or may not be good. he watches like Baseball Tonight or whatever, any of these shows at the end of the night and sees all like the celebrations and he just cries. By himself, just sits there, tears streaming down his he's, face. He's having such a good year. He's been awesome already. Yeah, like he he might be he might reach another Mike Trout level. He might be better. Again, he's walking twenty five percent of the time and striking out seven percent. Are you? And he used to have me? strikeout issues. Well, that's the thing about Mike Trout is every year what he does is he takes the part of his game that is flawed or whatever and he improves it. And now he doesn't strike out anymore. It's Super. crazy. Crazy. I mean, Drew Anderson struck him out, so how good really is he? It's <laughs> a great question. <laughs> Which is worse, getting struck out by Drew Anderson or Andrew Knapp hitting home run off you? Oh, Andrew Knapp. Yeah, it's by far. Nothing is Drew close. Anderson might be okay. Yeah. It doesn't matter. You could have said anybody, and I would have said Andrew Knapp hitting home run. I agree. All right. Justin Miller's trash. Go Phillies. Phillies, Nats this week. Two out of three this week? I think they win two out of three, and then I think they sweep the Marlins down in Miami. I don't know, Let's man. Go. That, that Marlins staff is that frisky. Marlins staff. You excited? You're excited oh, for yeah. Thursday's pod, aren't you? So we can well, talk. Friday. about it. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Thursday's pod. We'll talk Pablo Lopez. We'll talk Sandy Alcantara. You'll be all excited. Caleb or Alcantara Smith. or whatever it is. Kayla Smith, Trevor Richards. You're psyched about this. Such a good staff. All right. Coming up later in the week, we'll talk Marlins pitching. That is, how's that for a tease? That's a tease. All right. Go I Phillies. Don't, I don't know how you don't tune in for that episode. <laughs> all right. Go Phillies. I'm Salteries Fritz. We'll talk to you soon. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.